The South African taxi industry is unbelievably powerful. It is single-handedly one of the most influential and consequential parts of the South African economy, of South African everyday life. The taxi associations can choose what direction a political party goes in, what direction strike action goes in. The taxi industry can radically change, damage, strengthen local and our national economy. And yet, the South African taxi industry is full of very bad, often illegal problems. And I'm not just talking about unroadworthy vans. I'm not just talking about dangerous, illegal driving practices. I'm talking about violence. I'm talking about murder and sabotage and damage to public and private property. The South African taxi industry is everywhere. And so we need to do our best to try and understand it better. So this is the issue with the South African taxi industry, how it got so powerful, how it remains so ungovernable, and what, if anything, can be done to change it. Welcome to The Issue with Dan Corder. My name is Dan Corder, and on The Issue, we always remind you that South Africa is a movie. Why not come watch it with us as we figure it out together in once-a-week episodes here on Spotify and also in video version across on YouTube. Before we start, I'd love for you to just click the follow or subscribe button wherever you are listening to this because it makes a huge difference to our ability to keep the lights on and keep growing this project. Right, let's talk about taxis. One of the world's most famous cities, Cape Town, was shut down, basically turned off earlier this year for days on end by the local taxi industry. The city of Cape Town was trying to enact some new bylaws that were ostensibly trying to make the roads safer. They were trying to make sure that any cars that were transgressing any road safety laws would get impounded instead of just being given a fine, and they wouldn't be released until that fine was processed and paid, whatever penalty was required. And the local taxi industry was infuriated by this and claimed that they were being unfairly targeted and that impounding would absolutely hammer their business model. And so for days on end, the taxi industry stopped. It just stopped. No minibus vans went up and down the major arteries of Cape Town. And Cape Town is a fundamentally divided place by spatial apartheid. Poorer people and people of color live further away from the centers of work and absolutely rely on minibus taxis to take them to or from work, to and from school, to and from hospitals, to and from shops. The daily functioning of millions of South Africans and probably millions just in Cape Town relies on the taxi industry. And all of the operators and all of the drivers refused to put their minibus vans on the streets. It was crazy to watch. On the first day, when the strike was announced kind of like halfway through, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people were stranded and had to walk 10, 20, some reportedly even 30 kilometers down the main highway or one of the two main highways in South Africa, the N2, just to get home. In the following days, buses would be burned, trains would be mangled, some people would even die as the taxi industry refused to budge and the city of Cape Town refused to budge back. In the end, Cape Town's general economy would suffer by some estimates tens, hundreds of millions of rands losses. And this was just one of many examples of how powerful the taxi industry is in South Africa. And I'm not talking about Uber or Bolt or four-door car taxis. I'm talking about minibus taxis that can take 
many people, seven, eight, or many more than that. So how did it all end up like this? What caused the South African taxi industry to become so important and so powerful to so many people across South Africa? Because it really is. The South African taxi industry is estimated to provide more than 15 million trips across South Africa a day. It is estimated that the industry makes 100 billion rand a year. The South African Department of Transport Stats in 2018 claimed that there are 130,996 taxis with formal operating licenses. But they are, including the unregulated, unregistered taxis, probably more than 200,000 taxis doing business in South Africa. And the taxi industry probably provides our economy close to a million jobs. There are on average three direct jobs created per taxi, 10 indirectly per vehicle. And according to the Department of Transport, there are more than 2,600 taxi ranks across the country. And every single one of those provides jobs for stalls, food stands, all of those little shops in those little markets that naturally appear around places of travel. All the taxis together are said to buy 5 million tires per year, to buy 800 million liters of petrol. And it's overwhelmingly an informal economy. It's a cash-only business hand-to-hand. So how did the taxi industry get here? And like most things in South Africa, it starts with the rulings of a racist old government. But this was even before apartheid. This was before Afrikaner nationalism took over from 1948 and formalized what we now know as apartheid. No, this was the government or one of the governments before that, which was a weird hodgepodge mix of kind of like British nationalistic racist government rule in the newly created South Africa. By 1930, it was virtually impossible for black South Africans to create, provide or use legal transportation. The 1930 Motor Carrier Transportation Act made it illegal to transport goods and passengers without a permit, and it was virtually impossible for South Africans of color to get permits. And white South Africans had no interest in providing transport options for the transporting of passengers or goods to people of color. But, as always happens when there are insane laws, smart people figure out ways to get around them, And by the 1950s and 60s, there were many black taxi operators who were getting around the regulations. What they would do is they would buy very large, generally American sedans that could take like six people in it, six adults. One of the common ones was the Chevy Impala, the Chevrolet Impala that has the famous six taillights. And that was called Six Mabone, commonly on the streets in South Africa at the time. And the great thing about these cars, if you were trying to get away from the police or not look like a minibus taxi or, you know, a transporter of people for pay, is that they could blend in with other cars on the road and you could get away with it. The other alternatives for South Africans of color were public transport that was provided by state-owned rail uh, and also like a subsidized bus industry. But the rails and the buses, I mean, they weren't particularly well run nor maintained by an apartheid government that had no interest really in providing good transport for black South Africans. And a lot of those bus routes and train routes just did not go everywhere that black South Africans needed to go and needed to be lifted to. And that's where the illegal or unregulated undercover taxi industry came into being. In 1977, the Road Transportation Act was created. And this said that any transport that was taking 10 people or more would be classified as a bus and it 
would need a permit. In 1977, it won't surprise or shock you that it was unbelievably hard for South Africans of color to get permits. And so again, smart people figured out a loophole. What they would do is they would get a minibus that could take 10 or more people. A very popular one at the time was a Datsun E20. And they would purposefully leave one seat open on a 10-seater so that they only had nine people in the minibus and therefore didn't qualify as a bus and did not need a permit to operate. So that's how they got around it then. Then in the 1980s, the apartheid government essentially gave up on trying to outlaw and actively criminalize taxi operators, black taxi operators. And so the taxi industry was legalized and recognized by the government, but there were still very, very few operating permits given out at all. And that's when the first taxi association was established, the South African Black Taxi Association, the first one for black taxi operators. And that was very important because it kind of told us how many, at least how many taxi operators there were in South Africa. So we can assume that not all taxi operators did sign up with SABTA, the South African Black Taxi Association. What we do know is that 60,000 black taxi operators did sign up, which just shows you how many taxi operators there were operating under apartheid at the time, providing transport for people of color. At that time in the 1980s, you would see a lot of seven-seater vehicles. They were popular because they were affordable and they were efficient and reliable. You would see a lot of VW combis. And then in the 1990s, the 16-seaters came along. And that's where you saw the dominance of like the Nissan E20, the Isuzu Relay, and maybe most famously, the Toyota Hiace Super 16, which was commonly known among South Africans as Zola Bud. And that's because of the iconic Zola Bud, the South African Olympian who was famous for long-distance running achievements. Because in the eyes of South Africans, the Toyota Hiace was just like Zola Bud. It could go very far, very fast, do very well and be very reliable. Then in the 2000s, the Toyota Quantum came along, and that's all you need to know, because that brings us to today. The Quantum still reigns supreme, and we are now in 2023, and over 70% of the South African workforce, it is estimated, uses taxis daily to get to and from work. It is so hard to imagine how many people that is, more than 7 in 10 of all South African workers. It's an extraordinarily large number of people who rely on taxis to literally make money and have their lives move forward. So now we understand how massive the South African taxi industry is, it should be easy to understand why the South African taxi industry has so much sway over South African daily life particularly why the South African taxi industry is so influential over South African politics. Because if the two major taxi organizations, the unions that oversee all of these more than a thousand taxi associations, if those two unions, Santaco and the NTA, choose to go on strike, they can shut down a city. They could shut down a country. In fact, they can also choose to not shut down a country. There have been a number of national shutdowns that were called for by major unions that never happened because they couldn't get the support of the South African taxi industry. There have been political rallies, political party events that have happened or not happened based on deals struck with the taxi industry and the taxi operators. There have been people who have fallen out of political power or even lost businesses because they fell foul of the views of the South African taxi industry. And the taxi industry is also deeply embedded in criminal activity across South Africa. Firstly, because it works very hard to protect its dominance of South African transport. 
Over the years, you will have seen dozens, hundreds of reports of rivals to South African taxis being sabotaged, being burned, being destroyed. Think of all of the buses that get torched, all of the bus stations that get damaged, all of the bus drivers who get threatened or beaten up or intimidated. Think about, particularly in the Western Cape, how many trains have been burnt over the years, how many carriages have been set alight, how many uh, train lines have been damaged through the stealing of copper. And sure, some of that might just be people who want to sell the copper, but a lot of that could be active sabotage. A man who was a taxi driver actually in 2022 who was convicted of setting Metrorail trains alight literally said that he earns more when trains are not in use. And that's very obvious. When there's no alternative, and we saw this with the city of Cape Town shutdown where there are just not enough buses and there are not enough trains, there's no other way to get around, they work more. Everybody then has to use a taxi to get around. A My City station and two buses were torched in June 2020 in Cape Town when the city dared to try and push the My City bus line into an area that was considered a taxi area. And you can imagine how, with that much power, criminal networks, organizations, crime gangs get involved in the taxi industry because there are so many different ways to make money through protection or you know, transport of illicit substances or the controlling of particular areas. All of these things can be affected by the decisions of taxi bosses who are often also in their own criminal syndicates themselves. And particularly in a country like South Africa where so many South Africans are not wealthy and don't have the financial means to defend themselves or remove themselves from dangerous scenarios, there are so many vulnerable people who are at risk and there is a government that is fundamentally incompetent and unable to provide protection to all of these millions of vulnerable South Africans through policing That is exactly when criminal organizations take advantage. And that's even before we talk about taxi violence, right? And you know how big taxi violence is. Like there's a band called Taxi Violence. And whether or not you think it was in good taste for the band to call itself Taxi Violence, the fact that a band did call itself Taxi Violence speaks to how big a concept, a term, a headline that is in South Africa. Because here's something else you need to know about the way that the industry works. The vast majority of drivers are destitute themselves. They're very poor and they're desperate to make money. That's why they drive so irresponsibly. That's why they try to drive so fast and pick up as many passengers as possible and drop them off as quickly as possible. And they don't give much of a thought to the roadworthiness of their vehicles, their minivans themselves, because they desperately need to make money. The way it works is that a taxi boss will allow you to use their taxi And in exchange, you've got to provide a minimum daily earning, say it's 800 or 1,000 rand. And then you've got to buy petrol. And only once you've made that money and got enough fuel, then the money that gets earned after that comes into your pocket. So quite often, taxi drivers will come out of a day earning nothing at all because all of their earnings have to go to the taxi bosses and to paying fuel costs. And that means that all taxi drivers are desperate and vulnerable. And they can't do anything about it because unemployment rates in South Africa and the rest of it, there are so many people who would love their position of being able to, I guess, have the opportunity to earn from driving a taxi for a taxi bus. And so they are screwed. And that's why they need to behave the way that they do behave on the roads. And then that causes intra-taxi industry, inside the taxi industry, taxi-on-taxi violence, because Then taxi drivers and companies start fighting over routes, where they're allowed to drive, where they're allowed to earn. 
they start fighting over literal territory, taxi ranks themselves, and that is when the murders happen very, very quickly. And they happen a lot. The Global Initiative that looks at transnational organized crime estimates that nationally, of all of the hits, the motivated, targeted, planned murders between 2015 and 2020 in South Africa, half of them were involving and related to the taxi industry, which is insane. And it's not just low-level rank-and-file soldiers of the taxi industry or drivers. Sometimes they're incredibly powerful, influential people too. In fact, one of the taxi associations, CATA or the CATA, their president was murdered. His name was Victor Wiwi. He was murdered. And just to give you some idea, between April 2021 and March 2022, just so you know how regularly violent the taxi industry is, 110 taxi-related murders and 71 further attempted murders were committed in just the Western Cape in one calendar year from April 2021 to March 2022. So the taxi industry is able to get away with all of this. And the reason why is how powerful it is over our politics, our business, and even our criminal underworld. And it's extraordinary, the numbers, actually terrifying. So you know that there is a crisis of no trains in South Africa. Our rail network is supposed to be helping millions of people get around in an affordable and efficient way. Between 2013 and 2019, 214 train carriages were torched nationwide, mostly in the Western Cape, but it is happening everywhere. Cape Town Metro Rail went from 90 carriages in 2015 to 44, it's less than half, just three years later in 2018. And as I said, it's not just Cape Town. In September 2023, two taxi owners got life sentences in the Pretoria High Court. They were successfully linked to taxi violence between 2019 and 2021. They were both operating without permits and attacked and murdered those that wanted to oust them. The convictions were multiple charges of murder, attempted murder, malicious damage to property, possession of unlicensed firearms. It is horrifying. In June 2023, the chairperson of one taxi alliance, PATA or PATA, was shot dead in another suspected taxi-related incident. Just now, in May 2023, Charmaine Bailey, who was a popular taxi entrepreneur, was killed at a Weinberg Taxi Association meeting at Maynard Mall. It seemed like a planned hit because that venue is rarely used for meetings like that ever. Somebody must have known. And the thing is, most of these hits, murders, attempted murders, violence, sabotage, damage to property like buses, private bus companies, publicly owned government bus companies, government subsidized and run train networks that are supposed to be providing South Africans affordable, safe alternatives to the taxi industry. The vast majority of these acts nobody is getting caught or convicted for. Certainly, virtually never the great and powerful figures in the taxi industry who are clearly sending foot soldiers out, people of lower rank and little power, to do their bidding. And that's because of the enormous political and economic and even criminal influence, the threat, the danger and the power that the South African taxi industry has. And so now we know why it's so powerful. Now we know why it's so ungovernable. What happens next? What would it take to change this power dynamic for the better? Because people need to stop dying. People need to stop being exploited. People need to stop 
putting their lives at risk as drivers and passengers and other road users on the roads every single day. All of these things need to happen to make South Africa safer. And realistically, I don't think that any of this can be changed. Hear me out. To pull off real seismic change, to regulate the taxi industry, make it safer, and take away power from the dangerous, evil, self-interested figures in the taxi industry, you would need to have a government that is able to take the hit and the backlash and often the personal jeopardy of turning away the South African taxi industry, riding out the backlash of trying to regulate it and formalize it and arrest the big dangerous figures. You would need a political organization that was willing to go through that tumult in government. You would need a radical overhaul of our police force to police the response to the attempted regulation and disempowerment of dangerous figures in the taxi industry. Now, our police force can't do anything as is. They're just so useless. We need them to be able to step up and handle backlash from an enormous industry that is everywhere and that is incredibly powerful and very well armed. We would then also need a government to rapidly and effectively use taxpayers' money to create safe, effective, efficient, and affordable alternative means of transport. We need bus companies that run on time and are safe. We need trains that run on time and are affordable and are safe. And we need the government to make all of that happen, which they currently are unwilling and unable to do. And so, truthfully, I don't think there's going to be any change. And I'm certain that the taxi industry will continue to be overwhelmingly powerful and decisive in South Africa for a very, very long time. So that's the issue with the South African taxi industry. Now you know, and as we always say on the issue with Dan Corder, South Africa is a movie, come watch it with us. The next time you can watch South Africa with us and get all of our analysis and thoughts and researches next week, we release an episode once a week here where you are listening and also across on YouTube, we do a video version of every single podcast if you'd like to go and have a look at it there. We're on all the social media if you want to let us know how we're doing or tell us what we should cover next or where we have got it horribly wrong. I'm open to all of that. And if I could just ask one more time, if you've got a moment to click follow or subscribe wherever you are listening and watching, because just that little click, which costs you nothing, makes a huge difference to keeping the lights on and continuing to develop this project. See you next week.